Welcome to another episode of Taking the Stand, a Freedom Advocacy Network podcast production broadcast here live, everyone well, not live, actually, that's a lie. I shouldn't lie. Well, you know, unless I'm a lawyer and get, I'm getting paid for it. No, I'm kidding. That's a cynical joke that just buggers up my introduction. Anyhow, so not live, but broadcast six o'clock. Um, every Thursday here now on our platforms on Facebook, on YouTube, and you know on the other uh, fun stuff. And the the point of this podcast um, is to really to uh, what can we say, Ben? To make the law less distant, to make the law about justice, and to make justice a reality and long and short if you throw all these ingredients in you put it in a food blender you make a smoothie you get it the law must be about your freedom because your freedom is worth fighting for and as ever i am joined by ben now ben let me chuck it in your direction and ask you this is part two of a series on the rule of law what did we touch on in part one How's everyone? So I'm coming from a very noisy sentence. Uh, apologies if you hear cars outside my window. Um, so last time we touched on the first two points of the rule of law. There are eight points uh, which make up this very sort of abstract uh, uh, term that is thrown around uh, willy-nilly quite a lot. And the first two are um, the law must be accessible and understandable. You must be able to know what the law is and understand it. So, so that we can uh, abide by it. And the second is that laws should be, um, there sh it should be an application of law and not an application of discretion. Um, and that's the second point. And today we're going to move on to the third point, uh, which I'm sure Herman will do a bit of an introduction about. Yes, yes. Point number three is actually one of the biggies, especially in a country like South Africa with a history like ours. And it's equality. It's equality before the law. Now, um, before I forget, um, on on this on, on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, on fans' uh, uh, YouTube channel, you can go to playlists. You can find the explainer video playlist. And we did uh, Ben recently uh, did a very very nice explainer video on Papuda, uh, the what's it, the promotion of equality and the prevention of unfair discrimination. Act now. That is a mouthful. It's almost as much as a mouthful as you know some sort of wealth village in Wales somewhere. But if you look at that and and go watch that video, it's a very very nice video and it explains uh, why Papuda is you know a bit uh, mutating into something dangerous, toxic, and cancerous to this idea of equality. Because at the very start of the video, we look at three types of equality: um, equality of opportunity equality before the law and equality of outcomes. Now, perhaps briefly to touch on these three ideas of equality. Um, equality of opportunity is essentially, you can think of it as, you know, everyone starts um, in a race at the same line or at least an equal distance from the, from, from the finish line um, where it's up to you how you run. Um, it's, it's that there's no active obstacle in your way put there by other people or by the government to 
make your life unnecessarily difficult and complicate your choices as you want to live your life. So that's really equality of opportunity. Now, absolute equality is a bit of a philosophical, you know, myth. It's a, it's a handy idea, but it, it's really difficult. I mean, I look at Ben and I realize that we're not equal. He's much more, you know, handsome with his chiseled jaw than, than so, so in, in, in that way, we're already unequal. So we can't really pursue this perfect idea of equality, but equality of opportunity is at least that no one will stand in my way if I want to live my life and, you know, pay for surgery to get a jaw as chiseled as Ben. So if we're going to look at, sorry, Ben, I'm making your life hell here, but I'm enjoying it. I'm glad so equality, <laughs> equality of opportunity is that thing where no one is allowed to put obstacles in your way for you to be unable to exercise your freedom of choice. Your opportunities are yours to take and no one else no one else is to take away from you. And then the third one is equality of outcome. Now, that's a very dangerous idea, and I think we should actually look at it a bit today or perhaps at some point in the future because equality of outcome is that the end result must be the same. And the, the, the fundamental idea is that if you live in a society and two people have different socioeconomic statuses or have different you know, life experiences, those outcomes should be made as equal as possible. And that's a very dangerous idea and, and also a very state control idea because the idea goes that these outcomes are unequal, that's bad. The state should have enormous power to step in and make those outcomes equal. If you're rich, you and if you're if you're sad, if you're a rich person, um, the state must intervene so that you are no longer so much more unequal, richly unequal, or rich and unequal than the guy next to you. And if the guy next to you is poor, then they need to be um, uh, made rich so that you can find that equilibrium of equality. But the real equality that we're going to focus on today, point three of Lord Bingham's eight-point manifestation idea to break down this abstract idea of the rule of law is equality, and especially equality before the law. And now, Ben, before we started um, this recording, you made a very interesting point that I do think we should look at in the sense that equality before the law, with President Zuma being fresh in our memories, means that everyone is treated the same by the law and no one is above the law. What does that mean? Yeah, so like you said, that no one, no one is above the law. Not politicians, not kings, not uh, men, not white people. No, no, everyone should be treated the same by the law. Um, and it's 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 basically as simple as that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand that at the moment, where we're seeing a bit of a breakdown in society, and when we see a breakdown in society, we see a, a breakdown in the rule of law, um, which I'm sure everyone watching this has seen over the past couple of days, and. The, the whole idea of equality before the law is an, it's, it's a cornerstone of, of, a, of a democracy and it's a cornerstone of, of a society. So it's, it's something that must be addressed and spoken about today, I think. And, and I must say the, the very simplicity of the notion makes it you know, something that I think we often take for granted or many people take for granted. It's, it's, it's so simple that it's not worth dwelling on. But here we are dwelling on it. And when we say no one is above the law, roughly speaking, we're just saying you, just like anyone else, 
must adhere to the law. You cannot choose because of who you are, the position you hold, the skin color you have, the riches you have collected. You cannot choose to ignore the law. The law applies to you come hell or high water. And there's a, there's a sort of a historical origin of this where we have this idea of the king can do no wrong is a very old medieval legal idea where it's essentially that whatever the king does, because they are ordained by God to rule, whatever the king does, it is right. It's like the Nixon quote, when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. And I think that is something that we should definitely look at. Now, in South Africa, equality of, uh, you know, before the law uh, based on who you are is a challenge that we face. I think the 12 year long legal battle that Jacob Zuma has been bravely waging, sometimes using the state in, to his advantage when he could, is one element of the rule of law in South Africa being questionable. Now, is there any other instance, perhaps recently, Ben, that you can think of where government or a minister have, uh, you know, winked, nudged in the direction of not just equality, no matter what your position is, but all perhaps some other element of equality being tampered with and therefore the rule of law suffering of it? Yeah. So there are some... Uh very narrow instances where this uh, uh, rule can be departed from. So where, where people aren't treated equally. So the, the, that, that's for uh, example, like children are, you know, they're not as mature as adults. They can't be uh, subject to the same uh, punishments criminally. Uh, the mentally ill also are not treated as the same um, way as um, mentally sane people. Um, prisoners, uh, are not treated in the same way. They have their rights taken away from them. Their, their liberties taken away from them. And, then and another people one, perhaps not, not old enough to vote. I mean, that's another interesting thing yeah. where some people can vote, others can't. There's an age line and that's unequal, but it's sort of a defensible inequality. And then another one, which is a slightly, I think, slightly controversial, is that um, citizens are treated differently to, to non-citizens um, in, in different ways. Um, I know in uh, the UK in 2001, they passed an act uh, that said any non-national suspected of a terrorist crime can be detained without trial, but a national uh, suspected of the exact same crime cannot be uh, detained without trial. And that, that is, that's sort of questionable whether that was within the rule of law, uh, seeing as a mm -hmm. lot of terrorist crimes were actually committed by nationals in the UK in, that year, in the years of the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we draw that back to South Africa, uh, we obviously have a lot of um, non-nationals non living here, refugees, Zimbabweans, Malawians, um, and I personally think that they are great for, for South Africa. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of them, a lot of Uber drivers are fantastic people to speak to, um, and they're, you know, they're really hardworking and they do some really good work. Um, and just recently, the Labour Minister, Tules, uh, what's his name, Herman, I forget now. Oh, I did. I mean, our cabinet is so large. I only know the real troublemakers. <laughs> he he introduced a policy, not a law yet, just an idea, saying that South Africans nationals should be should only get jobs, pretty much, uh, in the in the in in industries like uh, restaurants, Uber drivers, um, uh, truck drivers. 
they should only go to nationals and not to non-nationals. And then only once we've employed the nationals, then we can look to non-nationals. And I, I flag that as being actually very unfair and very unequal. Um, and yeah. definitely not within the rule of law in my uh, perspective. Yeah, and I think also damaging um, uh, to, to the social fiber of a nation uh, because no one can realistically look at what has gone wrong in South Africa and think, oh, you, those damn spaza shops being run by Bangladeshis and Malawians. And these people are often fleeing awful circumstances. If they are here legally, that means they deserve the protection of the state. If they are here illegally, illegal, then there's a different situation here because they do not deserve the same broad protection, but they do deserve the basic protection of the rule of law because the state failed in the first instance of keeping our borders secure. So it's a difficult thing. You, you, you can't necessarily blame South Africans or people in South Africa seeking a better life knowing that the government, they are you know acting against in a way on a legal level, does not have the discipline, the capacity, uh, or the competence to act against them. So it's a very difficult situation, not defending illegal immigration for a moment here, but we have to be very serious about where the onus rests on making sure that the rule of law is applied. And I think the foreigner's point is very interesting because you speak to, to foreigners, people who are here legally in parts of you know Johannesburg and Soweto, these people can't count on the police to protect them. They don't have the same protection of the law because the police so often, in fact, they call them uh, sometimes police in, in parts of Johannesburg, call these foreigners ATMs because that's where you can go to get a bribe, that's you can, where you can go to get cash because the law isn't being equally protective of all people in this country. But the biggie, the biggie when it comes to inequality in South Africa must be race. For a hundred years at least, in terms of law, we have had the absence of legal equality. First, you face the nonsense of what we, one might call white economic empowerment, then what one might call Africana economic empowerment. And now we are in, you know, mutation three or four, where we are at black economic empowerment, which, you know, wink, wink, let the secrets out, doesn't work to empower black people. It only empowers, you know, the blatant, uh, it's only, it's not BEE for black economic empowerment, it's BEE for blatant elite enrichment. And yet those policies undermine this idea that we are all equal before the law because the law instructs government and other citizens to treat some people differently from others. And I think it's, it, this isn't a very cheerful series so far because we looked at points one uh, and two last week. It must be accessible and intelligible. Well, I don't think that applies in South Africa. That's something we need to fight for, intelligible, accessible law. We must fight for it. Number two, it should be about rule of law, not rule of discretion. The government, the judges, those in power shouldn't have the ability to decide legal matters on their whims and fancies. It should be about what the law objectively states. And on both of those, we concluded last week that South Africa is not doing great. And then this week, in the 15, 16 minutes that we've been chatting, looking at equality, 
whether it's equality before the law, because no one is above it in terms of station, whether it's equality before the law, no matter who you are, you deserve the protection of the law, or whether it is the law actively discriminating against some people based on arbitrary circumstances that are not defensible. I mean, Ben, in these last dying seconds of today's episode, things aren't looking good for the rule of law here in South Africa. We're measuring its existence and its health uh, by these eight points of Lord Bingham. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why I think that people need to understand what makes up this rule of law so we can actually assess whether uh, we still have it in this country. And when we don't have the rule of law, we see what happens. Um, people suffer. And Precise. that's my concluding remark. No, I think that's, that's absolutely spot on. I don't have really anything to add here. But what I think this also helps us is to understand what we should be fighting for. Because if we need to fight for the rule of law, it might be an airy, fairy, abstract thing. But when we know we need to fight for accessible law, we need to fight for law that is not based on discretion, but based on clarity and certainty and equality before the law. If we know that's what we need to fight for, if you watching or listening to us today know those are the first three elements that need to be in place for the rule of law to work. It makes it easier to fight the fight because, and with this I close, your freedom is worth fighting for. See you next week.